Welcome back to another episode of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia Freeland on the West Coast, Ethan Greenberg on the East Coast. Kicking off things, as always, with the coin toss. And if you've been listening, you know that Cynthia is going to go tails. If you're new, you just learned Cynthia always goes tails. So I'm just going to I'm just going to flip the coin. Is that fair? It's perfect. All right. Here we go. The coin toss simulator. It is a tails. All right. Real shocker here. Cynthia always wins here on the game preview podcast. So let's start with this, Cynthia. You want to talk about this Jets offense first? Or are we going to talk about this red-hot Miami team, specifically their offense? You know, let's start with Miami's offense. We kind of end on the nice crescendo of the Jets' Ooh, offense. You're dropping a crescendo here at Listen, not, you went to that morning. fancy journalism school, but I know words, some of them. <laughs> I think you know more words than I do, but and you definitely know more math. But anyway, <laughs> let's start with this Dolphins' offense. Let's start at the running back position. So let's start with this Dolphins rushing offense against the Jets rushing defense. This quarter, our first quarter, is presented by Home Field IT. As we're recording this podcast, the Dolphins might have a running back issue, Cynthia. So how could that potentially play a big factor for the Jets here Sunday? So Miles Gaskin is tip is probably the most likely. I mean, again, we we're, we'll see who's playing at the time. But the interesting part about the way that they use this that this run game is that their quarterback can take off and scramble quite a bit. So when you look to see, like I said, it's probably maybe likely Miles Gaskin that will play. Keep an eye on that. Come closer to game time. But that's going to be where the real kind of tricks happen. Like kind of how well we didn't see the Eagles do that with Gardner Minshew but how the Eagles would have done it a little bit more with Jalen Hurts, the scrambling ability, that ability to throw on the run, that kind of thing. That's, that's what we're going to see. So the run will be a trick for the, for the pass. Right. And just for reference, if you don't know what we're talking about here, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed and Philip Lindsay, all on the reserve COVID-19 list for the Dolphins at the time we're recording this, something to monitor. So if those guys can't play or aren't in the lineup, like how, I know the Dolphins aren't a predominant running team, but, how does that change the complexity of maybe what the Dolphins want to do and how the Jets approach their defensive game plan? Well, right now everyone's like, oh, the Dolphins are red hot because they have won kind of a lot of games in a row. But part of what makes them so red hot is the fact that they run. So it's going to make them more one-dimensional, which is going to be a lot more difficult for them to succeed with the things that they do, like the play-action passes, like the fact that when we see Tua succeed, he, you know, his completion percentage using play-action, especially to Jalen Waddell, has been really great. So those are things that will be sort of minimized. They'll be muted. So it'll be a good opportunity for the Jets to see if they can adapt to that and leverage their strong defense in order to shut that down a little bit more. Right. And this Jets rush defense, they've seen some good rushing offenses the past two weeks going back to the Eagles game. I know Jalen Hurts did not play, but the Eagles are a very good run team. And also then last week, the Jets saw the combination of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. And I know the numbers are not great from last week, but if you talk to the Jets defenders like C.J. Mosley, who had 17 tackles, Jeff Ulbrich talked to the media Monday, he thought that the Jets and the defense did a better job against the run, but that's kind of what you're going to get when you when you have Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill and not a lot of receivers for the Saints. Yeah, so, so it was just levels up there. C.J. Mosley has had 17 tackles. And by the way, it was really, really interesting that they like the defensive stops. So PFF will kind of grade those defensive stops a little bit different. They said six defensive stops for him, which means that he was credited with like slowing the pace, stop, like stopping the defense from getting a first down. When I look at it 
first downs and his ability to change what happens in the run game. CJ Mosley's gotten better like like every pretty much every game this season. So that's a that's a really huge strong point for this run stopping situation. Is there anything else that you want to add in here before we go on to our second quarter? Because I feel like the Dolphins run game like it's solid, but it's not top of the league. It actually ranks towards the bottom of the league. And I feel like there's not a lot of meat and potatoes here to discuss, but if there's any numbers that stand out to you, whether it be Jets rush defense, Dolphins rush offense, this is the time to do so because if not, we're putting it in the rear view and we're moving on to the second quarter. Well, the one, the only last thing that I'll say is that pressures, I know we usually talk about pressures on passing downs. Well, the interesting part about getting a pressure on a running down in a situation we've seen with the Dolphins is, you know, tackling a runner at or behind the line of scrimmage on what could be a disguised run pass play, right? So I, I kind of think of those things as a run stopping situation because when you use a lot of play action, yes, it's a pass, but it, it, point being, if you can get behind the line of scrimmage to kind of get negative yards, that's an opportunity here. And their O-line has been very susceptible to that as well. So in this situation with confusion at running back, this could be an, a prime opportunity to see some of those run stops like go all the way back into their backfield. Something definitely to keep an eye on for Sunday in South Florida. That was our first quarter presented by Homefield IT. Let's move on to the second quarter here. The Shets passing defense against the Dolphins passing offense. Tua Tungavailoa completing a high percentage of his passes, not really pushing the ball downfield a whole lot, but he has thrown the ball more than 30 times in each of his last three starts. What do you see from him that's been working for this Dolphins offense, and how did the Jets stop it? Yeah, so Tua Tungvalu has been, like I said, one of the best with play action, one of the best on those shorter passes as well. They're not asking him to sling it downfield very often, and when they are, it's in situations where the defense is tricked, like short yardage situations, and then they'll take a, a, a very specific and planned strategic deep gash. Jalen Waddle's been excellent. Jalen Waddle, now we got Devontae Parker's back off IR as well, so there's more pass-catching options. Mike Gusecki has been helpful for them as well, and obviously he's a tight end, so Interestingly enough, when you look to see where, you know, these these are higher probability passes. And, you know, Brian Flores comes from the Patriots model, and they're kind of using the Patriots-esque model with Tua Tungavailoa there too, meaning they're using just very high probability situations and running them over and over and over again. So it has been very helpful. And then, by the way, leaning on their defense. It really helps if your defense steps up if you're using these higher probability shorter yardage plays. So it's not the it's it, Jalen Waddle's having an awesome year. We do, we should probably, you know, mention as far as rookies go, he's, he's being, he's, he's been excellent. So that's going to be a problem to, to try to figure out all the different ways that they're stopping pass, but there's some good pass stopping people that I like. I mean, my Bryce Hall, I'm like, love watching him. He's really, he's really taking this monstrous step forward. Yeah. What can you tell us about Bryce Hall be, before we get into Jalen Waddle? Devontae Parker, who the Jets did not see when these teams met in week 11, but feels like Bryce Hall, when he got drafted, a lot of draft analysts and your colleagues say, you know what, like this guy, if he wasn't hurt at the time he was drafted, probably be a day two pick. The Jets tab him in the fifth round, starts the year on the physically unable to perform list, plays the back half of the season for the Jets, and it really feels like his game, especially lately, has been taken to a whole other level for the Jets. In two games, he's allowed 15 yards of like progress for the other team in passing situations. So in coverage last week, six yards to the Saints. And the week before, nine yards. That means 15 yards in two games. Like many people allow 15 yards on one play, not two games, right? So he's he's been awesome, like really fun to watch and taking a huge step forward. I think they've done a good job drafting. There, there's a lot of really 
like awesome draft successes to point to over the last two seasons. So Joe Douglas has done a good job. It just needs to all kind of keep coming together. Right. And also you talk about a, a young secondary that has Bryce Hall, the cornerback opposite him, six round rookie, Brandon Eccles, the starting nickel corner, a fifth round pick, Michael Carter, the second, who we've talked about before, but flip, talking about this Dolphins offense, you mentioned Jalen Waddle. He had a touchdown against the Jets. His game at Alabama was so vertical, but given the way that the Dolphins play their offense, it feels like they're really utilizing him underneath and allowing him to catch the ball and get yak and get yards after the catch for, if you don't know what yak is. And uh, can you talk about the difference in the way that you saw him play in Alabama versus how he's playing now and just how he's been able to almost develop his game as more than just the speedy guy who likes to go downfield. Seems like a million years ago that Devontae Smith won the Heisman and everyone was like, they really had in their head, oh, Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith, because he caught all those passes. Well, one of the reasons that he caught all those passes is Jalen Waddell was hurt. So they don't, people for kind of forgot, like we're, we're all kind of, we're all a victim of recency bias sometimes, right? So when Jalen Waddell was coming out, you had to look two years back at his film to really understand what he was. And that was in a different situation completely. So, you know, projecting that forward, that was an interesting one to note because I actually had Jalen Waddell as being more bursty off the line of scrimmage. So his first three yards, he's faster than like any guy. I mean, I think Justin Jefferson was a bit quicker than him, but in the past two seasons, there were only a few guys just overall like coming out in those two draft classes that had more in the first three steps than him. So it's really leveraging the fact that he can beat, that's like a man beater right there, right? You line up in man coverage and that guy's got to jump on you. That That's very difficult. And then mixing him up, using him in different situations, not just saying, oh, this guy has more speed or so, you know, whatever. Let's put him on vertical routes. Let's just run goes. No, no, no. Like let's use him in a little bit more complex routes. Because if there's one thing I can tell you about studying like all of this math for all of this year, all of these years, like Alabama receivers, they run precise routes like almost all of them they're just ridiculous like go watch every single one of them since julio jones like just keep going like they're they're where they need to be at the time that they need to be which is really helpful especially the as they open up the playbook and ask him to do things that require more yak which means you need more separation if you're going to get that yards after after the catch and he does that really well WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Because I, I wanted to be here anyway. I wanted to be in New York anyway. I really want to play for the Jets. Like, we turn up the biggest city in the world. There is no more passionate, more fervent fan base in the entire NFL. That was a great analysis. And I got a couple more questions before we hit halftime here. One is knowing that Tua likes to throw short passes. How do you try to disrupt him then? Like, do you have to just play more press man coverage in the back end? Like, how, how do you try to, 
How do you try to throw Tua off knowing that the ball is probably coming out of his hands in a perfect world very quickly? I think the to me the the strategy. Look, coach knows this is where coach's specialty is. Like one because coach was obviously if you look back at how San Francisco's offense went that these are concepts that he had to face all the time, right? These are like primarily interesting, quick, quick passes, getting them out very, very fast. Interestingly enough, I mean, you saw, you actually saw some of those against what the saints were sort of throwing out there. I mean, Taysom Hill's far more mobile, but they do leverage quick passes a lot with Taysom Hill with, with their, most quarterbacks these days is often quick passes. So some press man, it would be mixing up looks, but to me, it's, first down is going to be the key. If you can keep first down off balance, meaning if you can get it second and 10, make them think about it a little bit more and then give yourself a better opportunity to get into unfavorable third downs, that's going to be the key because the quick pass approximates a run for a lot of teams, right? If you think about like the, what it sets up on second down and means you can have the full your full playbook open on third down. These are the things where it's just, just, just focus on first down. Keep one thing at a time. Fundamental. First down. Stop it. First Shut down. It. Got it. First down. First down is a new third down. Anyway, <laughs> it uh, is. Well, one last question for you here. This is obviously the second time that the Jets will be seeing this offense, this RPO heavy offense. How much does it help a team just seeing the team for a second time around? And we're not talking about the difference between weeks one and 18. We're talking about, you know, a couple weeks here. Yeah, so if you have an RPO offense, the defense chooses the play for the offense to some degree, right? So where you know that that's kind of the the whole point of what giving yourself the option because based on the defense that you see. So I would argue that you're probably using the defensive front in different ways to mix up the looks. Like you could easily trick too. We've seen it before. I mean, it, it's again recency bias. Yes, the Dolphins have been on a hot streak. They've been on a tear, and they're a good they're a good team and probably better than their original. They're not as bad as they were in the beginning of the season, and they're not as good as they are come these past few games. So it really is just, you know, figuring out the defensive looks to kind of get to in, in situations where he's unfamiliar and he doesn't know what he's looking at. That's going to be the key in this one. If they, if they can mix up the looks, especially, especially on the, like use the back just to, to make up the looks a little bit. So the front gets like just another beat for pressure. All right. And that was our second quarter, which brings us to halftime. I was thinking about a short halftime, but I don't really have any topics to bring up because next week, the week leading up to Christmas, that's going to be a good halftime. I got, I got some, I got some things up the sleeves that we can bring up here, but uh, I guess I just have to follow up on the cookies. Have you, have you done anything with the cookies over the past week? Have you tweaked the recipe at all? I, mean, I what, have. What looking at okay. So I also had to for game day morning this week. I had to make a gingerbread house. Now here was the here was the assignment. We all had to decorate a gingerbread house of a team that was currently out of the playoff picture that could potentially make the playoffs. And I thought it'd be kind of funny since I'm like a little bit nerdy and like whatever to like overdo my homework. So no one else did their gingerbread house at home except for your girl who absolutely like I went way overboard. Like it was like a science project. It was like <laughs> just like so extra. And I know one of our, you know, like like obviously the Eagles are they're not in the same division, but I had I, I the Eagles were my choice. By the way. Here's a little behind the scenes. I never get to pick first on anything. Never on locks, never on because I would pick the Colts, right? So whatever. So I, I don't get to pick first. So I picked the Eagles, but my Eagles house, my Eagles gingerbread house, it had a Philly cheesesteak on it. It had pictures of Swoop. That's their mascot. I mean, the whole thing. You have to check it out. It, I went way overboard. So and you could actually eat it. And then I but then I also put glue on it once we got to the thing. So don't don't eat it now, but you could have eaten it. At, at I the cannot I mean. see. I cannot see our producer right now, but
but he's an Eagles fan. Back oh, I know. I hope he Philadelphia saw it. Days. He is probably jumping for joy right now. I'm expecting a Microsoft Teams message momentarily that I will gladly read whatever <laughs> he says. But I, I, I'm impressed. I mean, right? Like, that sounds fun, though. Like, of it course, you got to go fun. overboard. It was, it was, oh, I went way overboard. It was very funny because they were like decorating their thing on set. I just like whipped mine out. It was so fun because of course I'm, that's my thing. I'm very nerdy. I overdo it and I know how to cook and bake. So we're good. Uh, I got a message from our producer, Matt Sickoff <laughs> says jumping for joy. Sounds so fun. Of course it's he's jumping great. for joy. It's great. And I, I, I think like the real piece de resistance, I think I said that right. Is that uh, was the cheesecake? Like I put it on a little mm. cookie, the cheesesteak. Uh, on it was oh, a picture of a cheesesteak that I like transferred onto a cookie. It was, it was, it was pretty. There was a stadium, like there was a whole stadium. And Santa uh, at the end of game day morning, we yell, "The New York Jets are coming out of the tunnel!" And so I put Santa coming out of the tunnel. It was good. It was a lot of that. <laughs> so I, extra. I think I'm gonna need photos. I need photos. Oh, because they're this is there. Amazing. They're on my. They're there. They're on my Instagram too. They're okay. all there. They're all there. It was. It was, it was a lot. I'll go look, I'll go look <laughs> not, not on the air because that's like the equivalent to me of texting and driving. Maybe. I mean, it's obviously not as I'm dangerous, but oh, I'll, I'll do it. I will promise to do it afterwards. Uh, oh, yeah. More importantly though, you brought up the cheesesteaks. Do you have a favorite cheesesteak? Do you go provolone whiz? Do you not like cheesesteaks? Are you pro cheesesteaks? I got a lot of questions about the cheesesteaks, even though this is not a Philly, yeah. uh, Philly no. show here. I, so I do like, I like to try every food from a city. I, I went to, uh, actually I was at the, the, a preseason game with the, at the Eagles, uh, and a couple summers ago, and I tried all of the cheesesteaks and I, I liked them all. And that's not a very satisfying answer for anyone from Philadelphia because they want you to pick, but I, I don't know. I liked all of them. I, I just liked it. I liked it with, um, Oh gosh, I liked it with the provolone. I think a little bit more, and then I just I loaded up. Like I, I was. Happy I'm Team with all Wiz. Of I'm Team Wiz. I know people like that too. I, I'm not as much Wiz. I'm more. I like the provolone. I think. It I think is, it's because like. Is, yeah, it's definitely processed and you know not as good for you. I, but it, you know, at that point, I'm going in. If I were I a poker it. player and you're and you're to make this analogy, all, all my chips are in, right? I mean, yeah. what what are we doing here? But yeah, you're right. The onions, the peppers, maybe like if all. they had a little spicy peppers. Oh man! But I, usually I like things that are a little more spicy. So whatever. I, but I liked all of it. I thought it was all good. And everyone's like, "Well, don't you pick a favorite?" I was like, "I don't know. I like like I really like them all. They're all really good." I agree with that. To me, it's <laughs> like to me, I think a cheesesteak is one of the more difficult foods to mess up. You know what I mean? Like. Like it's it's meat and cheese, and you just kind of you know put it together, and you put it in a, in a loaf of bread. I mean, what are we talking about here? Obviously, the good ones are very good, and the great ones are great, but it's just hard to make a bad one. That's where I'm at. One of my best friends out here in California is like a diehard everything Philadelphia, and so you can go out. There's some services that you can you can mail the cheesesteaks. So mm. like it's the easiest present for her ever. I just mail her because they have her favorite one on there and I just mail it and it's great. It's easy. It's like, I'm like, great. It's awesome. Easy. easy that Christmas sounds problem. like, that sounds like a great, uh, easy gift, right? Like you don't have to think Super twice easy. about it. Here you go. I know you like it. You don't have to lie about it. You don't have to pretend that you like it in front of no. my face because I know that you like it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that was a great halftime. That was unexpected. So <laughs> people think betting is about what you know. It's also about who you're with. With the WinBet Sports Betting Casino app, you bet with Win. Ben, look at this, look at this. New York plus three and a half at home. They're 44 and 22. Greg, no New York bets. Hey. Hope you didn't bet on Boston. Shaq, did you bet on Boston? I went with Greg on this one. He has a whole system. <laughs> big payout, big payout, big payout, big payout. 
Ooh. Mm -hmm. Greg, Greg. Yes? What is the Greg system? I pick my color, mostly. That brings us to the third quarter. We're now going to talk about this Jets offense. Let's start on the ground because the Jets are expected to get Michael Carter back Let's in go. the lineup. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. Cynthia's jacked up about that. I love that. Michael so, Carter. And they're expecting to get Tevin Coleman back after missing last week with a concussion. Great. So that's good news for the Jets' backfield. And when the Jets played the Dolphins at MetLife, they ran the ball pretty effectively until Michael Carter got hurt. He was well on his way to having what seemed like a career day for him. So what kind of difference do you think not only Michael Carter, but also Tevin Coleman back in the lineup could mean for the Jets offense? Everything. It's so short Everything. pass. It, it's, it's, it's a game changer. I mean, it's really hard to play. Like it's, this sounds really stupid, but it's easier to play when more of the good players are there. But, or in this year, we can say, especially this week, it's easier to play when the players are there. Because if you look around the league, there is just – we don't even know who's playing in almost any game. So, look, getting more of your better players back, and Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman have proven they can – those short passes are – those concepts have been a huge difference maker for the Jets. Like, period, full stop. Like, those – the ability to create different looks and disguise the run with play uh, – disguise the pass and disguise the run and to figure out those short passes – in order to earn those yards, like that is that is has been what has been working. So with Michael Carter back, that should be helpful. But by the way, a guy who's really good at after the contact, you know, catch or on the ground, Michael Carter. And same with Tevin Coleman, but Michael Carter has been really impressive as a rookie to be able to do that. Right. And Michael Carter seemed like he was turning a corner in his rookie year at the time when in which he got hurt. But now he's expected to be back, obviously. So that's good for the Jets. What uh what could the running game do? for Zach Wilson against this Dolphins defense that's been playing very stingy over the course of their five-game win streak? I'm going to say keep him away from pressure because what the Dolphins have done in their win, in their win streak <clears throat> is bring a ton of heat. The number of sacks, the number of turnovers, everything has gone out. So 3.8 sacks per game and 2.2 takeaways in weeks, you know, since week nine. That's their 5-0 and win streak versus one and a half sacks a game and 1.1 takeaway game in weeks one through eight. So if you get the run game going, you stay away from Jalen Phillips. He has five He has five sacks over the last two games. That's a lot. So the point is, is stay away from pressure. Use run concepts in order to stay in manageable downs and distances. Again, the Brian Flores model comes from the Patriots model, so it's not dissimilar. Deceptive looks in the back, so the defensive backs will make up, mix up their looks to look like man, but be playing zone or vice versa. And then the front will use different multiple fronts in order to try to trick the quarterback. Run the ball. Then you don't have to worry about all of these different things because then you're in more manageable downs and you control the flow of that. Yeah, I, I think that just leads us right into the fourth quarter. Let's get right into it, which is your point exactly. The reason why the Jets started Joe Flacco in week 11 at MetLife Stadium is because Robert Sala said the team felt and the coaching staff felt that Joe Flacco could dissect the different looks that the Dolphins have to offer. Joe Flacco played very well in that game. Now we're talking about a rookie, the number two overall pick, going up against an exotic front like you mentioned. So what are the challenges that Zach Wilson is going to see, and you kind of detailed it there. And also, how good of an experience will this be? Because Robert Sala said, like, this is the type of stuff that he's going to need to see at some point, and it's going to come this Sunday in Miami. When I tell you last game, one thing that 
was a bit overlooked because sometimes the once the pass got out of the quarterback's hand, it didn't go exactly where it planned. But the O-line played a lot better last week. When you went, go back and watch that game against the Saints, this is a Saints defense that is super, super tough. And they didn't allow, allow a ton of pressure. It was not a – it was not on the O-line, right? When a lot of these, like their concepts, they held the ball kind of as they held the line so that the ball could get back to the quarterback and get where they need to be, where, where it probably should have. Like they were, they did, it was low-key better than it may have seemed based on the final score. But, you know, I think if they can keep that same situation going, then Zach Wilson will have a chance to really learn from this situation because it, it will be easier to learn if he can have a chance just have another beat a half a second. I know that sounds strange, but a half a second average over the course of the game is a huge difference maker. So, you know, if you look to see, just hold on to the ball just a little bit longer so we can let things form, let, you know, the opportunity present itself, see what the defense gives them and then be able to take it. So I think it'll be a great experience for him. I mean, it, it's an interesting, it's always tough because these are not like, these are really, this is a really good defense that he's facing. This isn't like, you know, a defense. It's, there's no like asterisk there. This is a really good defense. They've pulled it together, figured it out, and gotten better every week this season. So there's the reason they're on the five game win streak is because of their defense. I mean, that Ravens game, all defense, right? So this is going to be a trick and it's going to be an opportunity for Zach Wilson to take a like big leap forward because, you know, it's, it's, he missed a few games. So he's still got that rookie learning curve and this will be a good one for that. I think that's a, that's a great point. And also just, can you talk about the challenges of not having Corey Davis and Elijah Moore against this defense in particular, just looking at last week, Braxton Berrios led the team six catches, 52 yards, DJ Montgomery, his first NFL game was last week. Then you got Keelan Cole had one catch and Jamison Crowder had three catches, Denzel Mims and Vincent Smith, the other two receivers who were up both held out of the stat sheet. So what needs to happen for the Jets receiving core to try to make up for the losses of Corey Davis and Elijah Moore this week? Short passes to the running backs. But ultimately, also, what else needs to happen is space. So they need to mix up the different routes that they're running to create more space in the middle of the field so the short passes work. You got to get those corners, like, engaged elsewhere so that you can use the middle of the field, the space between the hashes. That's a higher probability situation as long as you don't go late over the middle. We, we know that, right? But like at the end of the day, it's, it's being able to say, okay, they know, they, they know they're going to have to spread it out so that they can leverage the, then they can bring it back down and use those run concepts, uh, run game concepts and those short passes to running backs to create the foundation so that when there is a deep pass, it is strategic. It makes sense. And it's a high probability, a higher probability situation. The deep passes are never as high probability as shorter passes. It's just the law of it's like it's it, it's just how that works, right? But the you know you got to give yourself an awesome situation to like it's way better if your receiver on a deep route has three yards of separation than if they're in tight coverage. So it's that's just how it goes. So see if you can figure out your best man beater. See if you can figure out your best situations to just because we know Zach Wilson has the arm. It's not about it's not about talent. It's about being able to see it, diagnose it, and be put in a situation where these are great corners. Like, keep them out of it. Keep Xavier Howard and Byron Jones the hell away from the field. Uh, no, in, in all in reality, obviously they're going to play a big part for this Dolphins defense. So that's how we wrap up the fourth quarter. I just want to I want to say one thing. You said earlier. I said, what does the addition of Michael Carter mean? You said everything, which immediately makes me want to know what is your favorite bagel? Is it an everything bagel? Because for me, it is. 
You know, it's going to sound strange, but I love an onion bagel with butter. I understand it's weird, but that's that was what I my it's grandpa used to make it's, that for it's me. It's not weird. Oh, it's the best, and the smell of it. Even I'm like, I need mm. all of this. Like every like, and I I do have a favorite New York bagel because my college roommate. I, you know, went to BC, whatever, my college roommate, big New Yorker, we tried, and I had to try them. I can't just like pick a favorite for no reason, but Essa bagel to me was like my favorite. I respect that. I respect that you need to try all of them because I had to, I need to do. Uh, and one summer I spent an entire summer in Chicago looking for the best burrito in Chicago. Ooh. Harder than you Ooh. might imagine out here in LA. Way it, different do, it doesn't quality. sound, yeah, it doesn't sound like an easy task. No. And it was actually this place called a burrito as big as your head, which I thought was going to be awful. And it was really huge, but it was delicious. This sounds like it, I, I'm just going to assume you've seen Elf. It sounds like, you know, congratulations, you, seen it, like, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. The world's greatest cup of coffee. Yeah. That's exactly what that sounds like to mm -hmm. me. But so your team butter over team cream cheese in general or just with the onion bagel? Just with the onion bagel. I, see. I, I Cream okay. cheese on almost everything else, but like toasted onion with. Butter. Ooh, I love butter. Butter's my favorite condiment by far. Oh, that that's a that's a take, I think. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have to I have to really think about it, but I, I, it's a good condiment. <laughs> I just I don't know. Well, how do you feel about ranch? You know, I like ranch, ranch a lot, versatile. but it's not as versatile. Butter, like tell me something that isn't better with butter on it. I'll wait. Um, you actually want me to answer that or, or yeah. no? Yeah. Well, I don't I don't think sushi sounds particularly good with butter. I don't know. It's butter on fish. Think about it. Like you dip <laughs> lobster in butter all the time. I do, so... but that's shellfish. That's, that's like cooked shellfish. I'm talking about like raw salmon. I don't you know? know. I think it might be good with butter too. You know, think about, about that versus about like... ranch. You want to put ranch on there? Woof. No, 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 no. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> claiming ranch is better on sushi. I didn't say ranch is better with everything on it or ranch. Anything is better with ranch on it. Um, <laughs> I will say though, that, uh, did we play the jets play the bills? week 18 and i am dreading or maybe looking forward to seeing the look on the waiter's face when myself and whoever else wants to join me says can i please have a side of ranch with the buffalo wings i did that too <laughs> i'm not blue cheese i'm not a blue cheese guy i, I understand like it's classic da, 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 da. welcome to the 21st century give me the ranch okay i don't like the lumps like i don't like the lumpiness yeah. but i will ooh, say ooh. Hmm. You got to try Josh Allen for, to benefit the, his grandmother and a children's hospital that he does work with. He put out three sauces. There's like a barbecue and then a spicy and then a mild uh, wing sauce. And they're all very, the spicy one isn't too spicy. That's the best one. I'm in for that. I'm good yeah. with that. And especially because all the proceeds go to the children's hospital, like all good. You feel good eating it. You're like, okay, this is, I, I'm in this, this works. Good sauce, good sauce for a good cause or good sauce for a great cause. That's right. So, well, well, we'll get there as we get towards the rest of the season. Miami, obviously, you know, they're known for different foods, not Buffalo wings. We'll get to it. That was another edition of the game preview podcast. Sushi with butter. By you could go get wait, sushi wait, wait. with butter this weekend. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll go catch the fish in the ocean and then I will go put butter on it in my hotel room or I'll you... bring it to a restaurant and say, can you put butter on and the then raw you're be fish, like, please? This is delicious. I'm telling yes, you, I'm sure right. butter tastes good on fish. It's it's good. I think it'd be good. Uh, that is that is my homework. And if you're listening, that is your homework. If you like 
raw fish and butter, please let us know because I have some questions. Cynthia wants to be your teammate and gang up on me. That's all right. That's how we're ending this podcast of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye. Safe travels.